0: Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! So this week on the podcast I've got Sarah Wetzel. Super excited to talk to her. I knew her back when she was just a wee little teacher. And now she's a wee little administrator in the Northside ISD district. Uh, That is redundant. ISD district. Anyway, uh, super excited to have her on. Somebody that I wanted to have on when I knew I was coming back, and that's why I reached out to her and said, hey girl, I want to be on. Uh, This week, I'm going to keep it short and brief and sweet because, as you can probably tell, the sound quality is not so great, and that is because I am currently up in the Dallas area, Royce City to be more Pacific, because uh, I was here for the Texas Thespian Board Retreat this week, and I'm just staying up here because on... Monday, I start my second master's program at Texas A&M Commerce for a Master of Arts in Theater. So um, I'm just staying up here, and it is hot AF, as the kids say. So I'm gonna head on inside in a minute, where my kids are, my mother-in-law, and get out of the heat because right now I'm currently in an unair-conditioned van. Only, only unair-conditioned because didn't want the noise of in the background the entire time. Instead, I went with the noise of what is minimal nature out here in Royce City. So uh, hope everybody has a good week. Hope everybody had a great July 4th. Please go on and buy a shirt. Please, please, please buy a shirt on the Link or in the link, click the link that is in the bio or in the you know description of this podcast. I'm misspeaking, miss Englishing, uh, but please do that. It is very supportive of the podcast. I'm hoping to you know upgrade some things, and there are costs that that are minimal costs that are necessary though to hosting a podcast and having a podcast that. I would love to not come out of my children's college fund. So, please, if you can, buy a shirt. That would be amazing. It's not just a Minor Wisdom shirt. There are quite a few shirts on there, one even designed by Ava, my daughter. Uh, anyway, buy a shirt. Follow me on Facebook, on the Twitter, Mr. Blake Minor. Friend me on Facebook. Leave a review. Be all good and nice and stuff to me. And as construction workers start doing their thing, I'm going to sign off and enjoy again, once again, enjoy this episode this week with Sarah Wetzel.
1: I didn't originally start out with a passion for theater. My passion originally was dance. Um, And then it was discovered when I was about 13, 12 or 13. I was with a really tiny dance studio in Arlington, Texas called prism studios and it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore but um i was supposed to be going on point um and they had a special instructor come into our class into our ballet class because we were going to be fitted for point shoes and then it was discovered that i have weak ankles due to having flat feet so and that kind of crushed my spirit for dance i continued to dance all the way into college but i just was never on point because i had weak ankles and then it was in fifth grade um, when they did, I went to short elementary in Arlington, Texas, and the fifth grade back in that point, and people who were went to elementary school back in the mid-80s, early to mid-80s will remember the open concept of, of the school, right? So there were four fifth grade classes and everything was open, right? The only thing that was really separating classes were bookcases, and everybody was talking about the fifth grade play. And we were going to combine with the sixth graders as well on this. And the play was called, this is your life, Uncle Sam. It was a musical, a little short, you know, little vignette style of uh, showing like um, the, you know, important points of American history. And um, everybody was going to be auditioning. Everybody was talking about it. And I was like, oh, disclaimer. What, what What is your, what is your, um, can I use, um, curse words? Well, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can.
1: <laughs> can, I, can I throw one F on out there? You, you, can, you can
0: if you want to. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: So, to the point of auditioning for the school play, I was like, there's no fucking way. Yeah.
0: There you there's go. There's no
1: way I'm going to be doing this. Sorry,
0: FCC. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Administrators aren't supposed to say the word no, fun. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Sorry. Never. No.
1: Okay. Never. Um, I have a
0: story about that. You keep going, but but I'll I'll tell you, I'll take a note.
1: The reason why I was saying no is because beginning in second grade, I was going to speech therapy two or three days a week because I had a pretty severe stutter um, since early elementary school. And Um, I was dismissed from class two or three days a week to go to the speech therapist, right? um, For my stutter. And I was teased because of it. Even my older siblings with my old, I have two older brothers and one older sister. I'm the baby of the family. But my brothers would tease me about it. And then my mom would get on to them, stop teasing Sarah or whatever. She can't help it. And I had hearing tests done, all kinds of the reasons of why I would stutter. Um, and to this day, King's Speech is one of my favorite movies of all time, but he had a stammer. Um, having a stutter is a little bit different, but um, and it, for a lot of people, the reason they stutter is because of um, an inner ear problem, right? Um, and they hear an echo when they're talking. I mean, have you ever spoken on the phone and you hear your, 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 your iPhone, you hear an echo sometimes because of a weird connection? Well, for some people who stutter, that's what they hear all the time but for me, it was neurological. My brain was firing off signals too fast from my mouth to keep up, um, which was causing me to stutter. And so that was sort of guided my speech therapist. And her name was Mrs. Markham. I remember her to this day all through elementary school, especially at short fifth and sixth grade. Um, I was, she would have me talk. She would have me, she had hand puppets, right? She had these hand puppets and she would have me manipulate the mouth of the puppet and talk to it right and that sort of retrained my brain to slow down so my mouth could keep up so i wasn't going to audition for this play there's no way i was going to audition i was like no why would i people laugh at me already why would i stand on the stage and have thousands of people in my mind as a 10 year old it was thousands of people right <laughs> and i was like there's no i'm not gonna do it and then um uh um but I had a crush on a guy at the time. He was my neighbor. His name was Ricky Armstrong. Oh, I loved him dearly. I loved him so much. We would walk to. He was my neighbor, and we would walk to school every day together. And uh, uh, I found out that he was going to be auditioning for the play. So I was like, "All right, I guess if Ricky is auditioning, then I'm going to audition, right?" Um, so I auditioned. You know, and and what I didn't know also is that my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Dobbins, and my speech therapist, they would they would be in the teacher's lounge together and they would talk about me. Mrs. Dobbins would be like, hey, how's Sarah doing in speech therapy? You know, she's really shy in class and she doesn't really talk very much. How is she doing in speech therapy? How can we boost her confidence? And so Ms. Markham was like, you know what, have you ever heard Sarah? stutter when she's like telling you her phone number or telling you like when she stands up for the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, the entire class has to stand up and give, give the Pledge of Allegiance, stand close to her and see if you can hear her stutter. If it's something her brain already knows. Right. And Mrs. Dobbins was like, all right, I'll do it. And so she did it. And she went back and reported to Mrs. Markham, the speech therapist. And she's like, yeah, you're right when i'm talking to sarah and i'm asking her questions about things i know she's going to be able to answer she doesn't stutter because her brain has she's got that confidence right and she already kind of knows it her brain has already been and her mouth have been already in sync with that and so it was it was those teachers who told me that i should audition for the play and i was like what no way. And they're like, yes, you can memorize the lines and we could practice in therapy. It'll be great. Right. You'll get on that stage. You'll say the lines that you memorized and it's going to be great. And I was like, oh, OK, well, now my teachers are pressuring me. And then, well, Ricky is auditioning, so it'll be a little extra time to spend time with my love of my life. Well, if you saw Ricky now, he's a Harley Davidson writer who smokes a lot of weed. So that didn't happen. But anyway, so I ended up auditioning for the play, and I got the part. as Colonel Sanders from the Alamo. I was a dude. My first play was a dude. Um, I crossed, I draw this line in the sand, and those who will see, you know. So I got through, I had one scene in this entire play. I had one scene. I got through it, didn't stutter. But you know what happened is when the scene was over, the audience clapped. I felt that applause, you know. And I was just like, Oh my God! They're clapping for me because I didn't stutter. Yay! Well, they were clapping because the play was over, but that didn't matter. You know, I was just, and that sort of—I don't know—it just lit a little spark inside of me. Then I was like, "Wow, this felt really good. It felt good. It made me—it made me feel good, right?" So I continued to dance because I loved it. My favorite style of dance was tap, still is. Um, and then um, I started doing musical theater. My um, the dance studio that I was a part of, um, they were also in connection with um, the Arlington, Texas cable TV network. (laughs) And then with my musical theater class, we would do little musical theater shows on cable. And um, um, my first boyfriend was a part of that musical theater troupe. um, And we did a show called Five Hams in the Roasting Review. And we did a show was on cable television and we toured it. Then we did a show called hooray for the holidays. And with the reason I love musical theater is because it combined those two elements, um, dance, which I loved obviously. And then theater that just the acting part of it, that kind of gave me the confidence, you know, and then the rest was history. I continued doing theater all the way through middle school and high school. Um, and, uh, and I, am still friends with those people from sixth grade, (laughs) um that i that i met in doing musical theater at uh um at, at Prism Studios in Arlington Texas and then but the teaching part of it i didn't know you know the teaching theater my, in my mind when i was in high school um and i went to Arlington High School it was a huge 6a high school at the time no we were 5a the 6a didn't exist at the time it was 5a but it was still huge but being a part of the theater program at Arlington High with um, Carla Posey was my teacher, uh, was my, was my director. It just kind of made the school feel, you know, that this huge school, but being a part of the theater program at the high school felt that much smaller. And we did one act every year. So I had a lot of experience with one at UIL, one act play in high school. Um, And some of my best friends to this day, 30 years later, over 30 years later was um, they're still Fantastic, wonderful friends of mine, um, and we just really made that connection in high school, being a part of the theater program. But I didn't know that I was going to teach. You know, my my dream was to go to. Was, was to moved to New York. You know, I was that's how serious I was. I was going to move to New York. My grandmother lived in New Jersey, just a bus ride across the Washington Bridge um, into the into the city. But um, my dad said no, um, and that was probably a good thing. Um, my dad was from the Bronx and he, um, has in, his career was engineering. His whole career was, he was an engineer, electrical transportation engineer, and he just couldn't see, you know, his daughter, you know, living in the city. He just, was like, you need a plan B, what's your plan B, right? Um, cause plan A, mm, I'm, not, I'm not liking that too much. Living with your grandmother, you know, living in the city. I wanted to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. That was my dream was to move to New York. And then my high school teacher, Carla Posey, um, my senior year of high school, she had me um, do a senior direct. And that was my really my first taste of directing was directing my senior year. Um, I was actually in the advanced acting classes, of course, but then I was also enrolled in a theater one class in a beginning theater class. And um, so I got to be in that class every day with those with those kids. And they were all, I mean, theater one, you've got ninth graders through seniors, right? And I got to direct and the dance Slow Sloan Jackson. That was the first show that I directed. Um, and uh, Miss Posey, she doesn't, she's not Posey anymore. She's now Carla Rankin, but she's recently retired. Um, she taught at a school district outside of Lubbock. Um, but um she was like, You're you're good at this. You're really good at directing. You got have you have a strong vision as a director, but you are a really good teacher. And she's she's the one who kind of, you know, said you should maybe this is something that that you should look into. And even at that time, I was like, nah, I'm just well, I want to be a theater major. You know, I'm gonna major in theater. I'm still, you know, I don't know, direct I'm good at directing. Yeah, that's fine. I can direct in college, but I really don't want to teach. Um, and that's funny because my daughter who just graduated from college from with, with a theater degree from St. Edwards I I never could convince her to get certified she does not want to get certified she's not certified and now right after graduation she's already working at the Zach Theater in Austin um, as a teaching artist you know full-time teaching artist with the Zach Theater um But so she's not certified and, but anyway, but then when I got to college, I went to Hardin Simmons university in Abilene and I wanted to go to a small university. Um, and, uh, my parents liked it because it was, you know, religiously affiliated with the Baptist church and I grew up Southern Baptist. I'm not religious anymore, but it was, it was a good choice. Um, the reason, one of the reasons why I loved Hardin Simmons was, of the space right the van ellis theater um it was it shared the stage just kind of picture this there was a huge stage on one side of it was baron's chapel which looked like a church right but then you open up the grand drape and on directly on the other side of it it was like one of those see-through fireplaces but this is a see-through stage directly on the other side of it um, was the van ellis theater And it had platforms and seating that could really move around and we could modify and adjust it to what the play that we were doing. Um, And it was, I had a a director at Hardin Simmons, her name was Dr. Trish McAdams. um, And she loved the classics. And we did a lot of Tennessee Williams, did a lot of Shakespeare, did a lot of Brecht, Chekhov, um, just all the classics. And I was just really into that at the time. And it just fed my you know, fed my love for theater even more when I got to college. And then I taught when I was at college, because I still love dance. I taught a tap class at Harden Simmons, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, And it was not on the official curriculum for teaching at the time. It was sort of a side gig that I did um, for the theater department. I taught a tap class you know, and that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. And again, it wasn't until my sophomore year, finally, even Dr. McAdam's was like, Sarah, you need to teach. You need to be a teacher. Cause she saw me teaching tap classes and she saw me, you know, when I was in class and she just sort of really honed into what my skills were. Right. And it wasn't until my sophomore year of college that I, you know, got the theater ed, um, got my sort got my certification. But I was one of, when I graduated in 93, 92 or 93, um, um, when um, I didn't know, my student teaching was at the high school. It was with Ruthann Nightstep at Clyde High School. And so I did ninth grade through um, 12th grade high school theater. And um, at the time, I thought I wanted to do high school, right? but I I don't know. My first, my first teaching job was um, in Sweetwater, Texas and um, a very small, like 2A or 3A school district that had one high school, one middle school, two elementaries, really, really tiny. So that was my first job. And I just took the first job that I could get, right? When you're just coming into the field as a zero year teacher, just anybody hire me, right? So I taught in Sweetwater, Texas, home of the rattlesnake Roundup, and uh um, they didn't have theater. There was not theater at Sweetwater middle School. Um, I taught eighth grade English there. I taught there for three years. but uh, my principal at the time, Miguel Ramos, um, I would talk to him about teaching theater and he was like, oh, we don't have a, we don't have a textbook. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, I, have, I don't need a textbook because this was before. This is before exploring theater written by Nancy Prince. This is before that book even came out. Right. And I was like, I don't need a textbook. You know, the, you know, the education that I just got from Dr. Trish McAdams. And then, but my senior year of college, she retired. No, no she didn't retire. She went to Auburn. She took over the program in Auburn and Dr. James Ivey came into the university he came into Hardin Simmons. Um, his sister is Judith Ivey the actress by the way, but, um, uh, So I was like, all right, I I don't need a textbook. And he was like, all right, write the curriculum then. Let me see your curriculum for the entire year. So I did that, put that on his desk. And I was like, here, here's the curriculum for what I'll teach these kids. Um, These, you know, incoming, these, I want want them to be seventh grade. They've already had sixth grade because at the campus we had grades six, seven, eight. And the only electives that they were offered at this campus were art and choir. There was no band at this middle school. It was art and choir. Um and and so I wrote the curriculum and then I laid that on his desk. And he was like, I asked him, I was like, okay, what now? Here's your curriculum. And he was like, you don't have you don't have a stage. Not even in the cafeteria. And I'm like, I don't need a stage. Theater can happen anywhere, dude. Right? Theater can happen in the hallway, the courtyard. I can make a stage in the cafeteria. It doesn't matter. And he was like, we well, don't have any money. There's, no, there's nothing in the budget for this. I'm like, I don't need money. I don't need a budget, right? I can just have the kids wear playing clothes or, you know, whatever. We can do, we can do, you can do plays that are, you know, there's tons of stuff you can do on freedrama.com. Well, was that? This was even before the internet. Wait, this was in, no, the internet was happening here.
0: There was, right? yeah. I mean, there was internet. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't what it is today, obviously. But yeah, there was internet. And the, yeah, you're talking right. about the late
1: 90s no we're talking about um to ninety four
0: okay so yeah mid late yeah 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 I mean you had an AOL disk that you had to plug into your computer yeah your compact- but I didn't even
1: have an, yeah. this back I didn't even have a computer in my classroom at the time
0: yeah. I didn't
1: even have a phone in my classroom at this time <laughs> You right. Just,
0: you just send up like a carrier pigeon. Like, what'd you do? I, know.
1: <laughs> I just had to walk, leave my classroom and walk somewhere. Yeah. No, or take, you know, I didn't even have a cell phone. I didn't even have a cell phone at the time.
0: Yeah. But uh, Zach, but Mor- I, Zach I, Morris I, had one, but that, but that's it.
1: Oh yeah. man. I mean, but I just knew that there were plays that I could do. The kids could write their own shit, right? The kids, sorry, I said shit. The kids could write their You're own okay. stuff, you know? Um, and then he, and then he was like, "Well, who who's going to sign up for this class?" So this is like weeks into the school year, right? Weeks and weeks and weeks. And then um, he was like, "Well, who who's going to sign up for this class, and why, and why do they need it?"
0: Really? That's, yeah, that's that's a good really.
1: <laughs> why do they need it? Why does a seventh grader need theater? Hmm. Let me write my thesis. Right. Why does a 12, 13 year old, what is how is this going to benefit them? Um, you could just, there can be, there's, Oh my God, it's crazy. So I did the research and I wrote something for him on what, what theater, what a theater, what this experience can do for a 12 year old, you know, at the middle school kids. And there are, there are bucket loads of kids at this school who they don't want to sing they can't keep tuned. They're out of tune and they, and they, and the art classes are just exploding. Right. Um, so this is going to alleviate some of those art classes or just sort of balance out, give us, you know, having an extra, an extra elective on campus, what's going to do for the numbers. Right. Um, so then what else I did was I visited each sixth grade classroom. I think we had six sixth grade classes And I went in and spoke to all of those teachers. And I just said, can I talk to your classes? You know, can we can you put me on the schedule? Let me have 10 minutes. Let me have 10 minutes with your classes and ask them about, you know, tell them introduce myself. This is the theater class. This is what it can do. Um, This is what we're going to do in the class. We're going to have so much fun. Um, I already had the first show in mind I wanted to do. I wanted to do a little Alice in Wonderland adaptation that was by Jerome McDonough. Fun. It can include lots of kids that can be, you know, these characters can be different genders. And I was just so I went into all these classes. It took me like two weeks, I think, to be able to visit every sixth grade class. And then by the end of it, I had 35 kids signed up for the class. And so then I went into Mr. Mr. Ramos and I was like, all right, here's my thesis on why, why a 12, why a 12 year old, what, why the, what can, what theater can do for them. And then here's a list of 35 kids. What now? What now? So finally it was like, all right, let me think about it. Let me think about it. And, um, Shockler and which was my name at the time because I had just recently got married and, uh, um, and then a couple of weeks later, this is like the, my first year at that campus was almost over. And he was like, all right. So this was like maybe March, you know, around right before spring break. And he brought me into his office and I was really excited. And he was like, okay, I'll let you have one theater class this upcoming year. This was my second year on my, on this campus. So you can have one class, but you still have to teach English. And you have to teach PAL, peer assistance and leadership. So that was going to be, you know, a theater class for seventh grade, my English classes. And I think I had two levels of English, regular and honors and then PAL. So four preps, but I also need you to to do this. And I was like, what? And it was like, I need you to be a cheerleading sponsor for one year. uh, Okay. (laughs) A
0: little give and take. Yeah. I
1: know. I hated cheerleaders. Yeah, I really didn't like cheerleaders very much. I didn't know anything about it. I knew nothing about it. You know, I was not the, I was like an assistant to the cheerleading and this is West Texas. We had pep rallies every Friday. This is West Texas football. Blake. Yeah. We literally had, we literally had pep rallies every single Friday. They'd bring up the elementary kids and they'd all be in the pep rally. But so yeah, I at least I got to have my theater class, you know, and, um, and all those kids are now pushing 40.
0: Yeah. 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 I so was going to say they're, the, they're about my age. <laughs>
1: they're probably your age. Exactly. Oh my God, no, I feel old.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause I was in uh, seventh grade. So then, seventh grade for me was, uh, 94, 95. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, huh? yeah.
1: You could have been my student. Like,
0: uh, well, that's yeah. Weird. In yeah. Florida,
1: Texas. <laughs> but I've got, I'm still, I'm, I've connected, you know, with some of those kids um, um, that we're, we're in that class, you know, I can, I'm still, I'm friends with them on social media, you know, they've got families and some of them are in education. Some of them are engineers. Some of them are doctors. And it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then, you know, I stayed doing middle school for the next 25 years. Yeah, not not just in Sweetwater, which is also
0: which is also crazy in in itself. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about middle school is what I'm finding just in my experience is that there's a lot of theater teachers who will use middle school as a stepping stone to high school. Right. Just to kind of get their feet wet. Um, Especially if they're like a zero year teacher and they really want to do high school theater because that's they have the bug for high school theater for UIL and act and everything. Um, and they want to do a deeper, deeper content, you know, for the types of plays that you could do, um, at the high school level, like you could never do death of a salesman for middle school, obviously that kind of thing. But, um, and they want to just kind of jump right into it before. So that, for that reason, a lot of teachers will start out doing middle school just as a stepping stone. Right. And I really didn't think I, that was not my plan. Right. I just wanted to be a really good teacher. But I really loved middle school. I really, really loved these kids. And so, 25 years—you know—the long, my longest um, stretch in one district was in Keller. I was there for 15 years yeah. at one school for 15 years, um, and then in that was all the way through 2018. I was at Indian Springs Middle School from 2004 uh, to 2018. And then um, I kind of realized I had recently, I had my master's. I got my master's in um, educational leadership with principal certification. And I had a lot of friends who did the, who did the theater, the act, the um, with U of H um, acting rep with, as far as they're like getting an MA or or an MFA. Um, But I had a, I had a really good conversation with my, um, with my fine arts director in Keller um, which was Kim Bland, where she's still there. But before that it was David Stevens. He hired me for Keller in 2004. So I Facebook messaged David Stevens and asked him the same question. and then Kim and I had an in-person conversation and they both kind of asked me the same question they were like, Sarah, what do you want? What do you want? right? To further your career as a professional, you could you could retire as a teacher, right? But what do you really want? And I said, i want I, I want to I wanna support teachers. You know, and I think part of that, like me making the decision on wanting to support teachers was because of TETA. Yeah. Right. right? Um, my experience with working with K-12 and working with other teachers um, wanted me to support them and to give them the resources and to help them, you know, discover their resources. Um, And that's kind of what made me make the decision because of T E T A, because of my experience in all the years that I served on that, serving that organization from 2007 to really 2017, 10 years, I served that organization. Um, that's what kind of, and then my conversations with Kim and David, what made me make the decision on the kind of masters that I was going to get. Um, so I got my master's, um, from University of North Texas, um, and then for for like seven years, I interviewed for different jobs around the DFW area, and um, they were hard. They were hard to come by. That's it, hard. It's really, really hard that a lot of those jobs go to band directors, you know, for obvious reasons. And um, like I interviewed Rachel Hara, the job that she had in Dallas, I interviewed for that job. I was actually a finalist for the job that Rachel, that Rachel Hare just left. Um, and then um, I interviewed for the job that uh, Michael Valentine now has in Louisville. I interviewed for that job. Um, the, the, the job that Janae Glenton has in Forney, I interviewed for that job. <laughs> um, and so I finally, through a friend of mine, um, who is a fine arts director in the area, he forwarded me some information that was passed around about this job in, um in San Antonio. So my first thought was, oh my god, leaving DFW, um where I've lived my entire adult life and my parents are were still there at the time. Now they're moving to San Antonio um at the end of the month. They're moving to the blue skies of Texas. My mom and dad are moving here. <laughs> um and um I just and I talked with my mom and dad about, you know, should I really move to San Antonio? I mean, I don't have the job yet. I wasn't, you know, I was just, I had an interview scheduled um, and they were like, why are you asking us? This is your career, right? This is your career. Um, You're at at least um, I think TEA says that I can retire in four years if I want to. Right. I'm not ready to, um, but I can, if I want. And they were like, how, you know, this is, this is your career. You do, you do what, follow your heart, you know? or no, not follow your heart. It was it? This is a quote from. Do you watch um, Ted Lasso? Uh,
0: d- disappointingly, uh, no. I have never seen a Ted Lasso, and even with this mustache and my dry sense of humor, <clears throat> I've I've been told. I've been told by. More, I've been told by more people I should watch Ted Lasso than I'm told that they love you me. So, got that, to yeah,
1: watch Ted Lasso. Oh I'm a cheap God. Jew, I, I just don't
0: have Apple TV. <laughs> I mean, that's
1: oh my gosh, we'll get a free subscription. Yeah, I know, Please. I need to, yeah. okay, so there's it's got it's so good. This is one of the best shows that I've ever seen. But, um, there's a quote in that, in that I can't remember who said it, who said the quote maybe Ted Lasso said it, maybe it was a line that Jason Sudeikis said, but it said, and this is sort of what, um, I mean, it says, follow your gut, but on the way down, check in with the heart.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Right. Follow your gut, but check in with the heart. Um, so I got the job here in San Antonio. Um, I accepted the position and I didn't know a lot about Northside when I got the job. Right, I didn't know a lot about. I mean, I've heard of North Side, and I knew that this is where uh, Mandy Epple used to teach. She had a very successful career at Brandeis, which is in North Side, and then my friend from that I knew from TETA, Michael Arlano, he's been at O'Connor for a lot of years. So um, that was really the only two people that I knew of from this district. Um, and uh, um, I got the job, and then. I think they hired me on June the 26th of last year, so almost one year ago, but they wanted me to start working first day of work on July 19th, so I had three weeks to sell my house in Grapevine and find a house here and move to a city that I think I've been to in my entire life five times, (laughs) you know? just. I've been on the riverwalk, and I've been here on conventions. I came here for you know, different conventions. It was downtown, but I didn't know anything about San Antonio, right? And um, having no family around here and having no friends, I had no support system. But um, my first day of work was on July nineteenth. and my had already sold my house. Um, but I had to live in an extended stay hotel for two weeks before. <laughs> Have you ever stayed, Blake?
0: We almost did that. We almost did that when I took my job up here. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> an extended stay out. hotel. Yeah. Do you have animals?
1: You no, they did okay. not allow animals. So my mom had to babysit. They were still in Arlington at the time, and but they had to keep my dog and cat um, while I was working. Yeah. You know, but I found the, an in-town suites about two blocks from where I work, um, and it's it my my room smelled like Las Vegas. I mean, I've never been to Las Vegas. It's what I imagine Las Vegas would smell like. Right? It's like cigarette smoke, and, like for and re- the past and
0: regret. Yeah. <laughs> In regret. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um and then um uh, um but yeah, and so then I had to go back to Dallas or back to Grapevine on August the 2nd to sell the house there, follow the movers back down here, so I closed on both houses on the same day. Um but I was still, you know, working full time, and uh, and I just my I was just sort of thrown into the deep end of this job, right? Um, I was educationally ready for it, but not mentally. Um, but um, it didn't come with a handbook, right? On how on how to on how to do this job. But I knew because of my degree and because of my experience with TETA. It's helped me to manage it better. Um, I've had some good moments this year, but, and then I've had some moments that have caused me to have um, nervous breakdowns um, back in October, because um, I just went full speed ahead, right? And now I, I own this home and I'm in a new city and I have, I live in Leon Valley, which is the Northwest side. I live in the heart of my school district. Um, we have 12 high schools in our district, and 21 middle schools, and 82 elementaries. <laughs> it's huge. Um, I think we serve um, all just under, uh, or just right around 112,000 students in our in our district. And um, and I just sort of started the job full steam ahead. Um, I wasn't checking in with myself. On how I was handling things, on how I was handling everything, and then in October, um, um, Hobby Middle School, one of our one of our middle schools, celebrated its fiftieth birthday, and we had a huge celebration. The whole district comes out, school board members, um, all of the student, every organization on that campus has has a, is a part of this celebration. And, um, just being around middle school kids, you know, and watching them, it just kind of caused me to have a little bit of a little bit of a kind of a breakdown, you know, and I was just like, Whoa, you know, I need to really check in with myself on how I'm handling things, you know, um, on how I'm dealing with all of this. So Um, But I have been, you know, and it's but the theater people here, that's what I love about this district is, of course, the theater people, because I'm only in charge. um, I'm in charge of my official title is the theater supervisor for the district. And in the DFW area, here's what really kind of confused me. Is that um, in all of the school districts that I was been a part of was Grapevine. I taught in well, not I wasn't teaching in Grapevine, Grand Prairie. And then I was teaching in Carrollton Farmers Branch. I taught high school there for the, my last three years of teaching. Was at, I was at Arl Turner. But in every other district, a coordinator, like a theater coordinator or a fine arts coordinator, is at the district level, right? Um, but here in Northside, the, just, the titles are kind of swapped. Um, at the high school level, if you have someone who's in charge of all of the electives, what is that person called?
0: Uh, department chair or, or exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the, yeah.
1: the department chair or the, yeah. or the, or the electives chair. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but here in Northside, you're a coordinator. You are your campus fine arts coordinator. Right. right. But, and that's at a campus level, but my job at the district level is supervisor. Um, we have a fine arts director Dr. He's not a doctor, Mr. James Michulka, Um, He's the director of fine arts. He has been with the district for 46 years <laughs> oh. and he's also in charge of band and orchestra and uh, band and orchestra. And then we have an assistant director of fine arts, Elizabeth Sanchez Lopez. She's been with the district for 30 years. She's also, and she's not only assistant fine arts director, but she's also supervisor of, we which is kind of in charge of dance and mariachi and ballet, ballet Folklorico. And then we have three supervisors. We have Teresa Yasker, who's the K-12 through 12 visual art. And then we have James Hare, who's K-12 through 12 choral music, like elementary music, elementary choir, middle school, high school choir. And then there's me, the theater supervisor, who does middle school and high school theater. Because yeah. we don't have currently elementary school theater. Um, not yet.
0: Yeah, I'm not supposed common. to talk about it. Yeah. No, that's I mean that was that was one of the sore subjects in Fort Bend as well was getting the ball rolling with uh elementary and
1: um
0: you know that was one of Phillips things, Philip Taylor's things, and then it's still yeah. on Travis's radar. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot more a lot more red tape, you know, with with, with that. It pisses so. me
1: off. It pisses <laughs> me off because we have you know elementary art and elementary music right um and so because of that we have very successful art at the high school level we have successful choral programs at the high school level successful band programs you know at the high school level and not to say that our theater programs at the high school aren't successful i mean good god we won state last year right and that then that was on that was not under my supervision that was david danny who had the position before me um but Um, But they have been, so choir and art and band, they've been reaping the benefits for decades,
0: decades
1: for having elementary programs. And we have, we have some of, we have probably three or four of our elementaries here in Northside who are just bursting at the seams, right? Huge numbers of enrollment at these elementary schools, which we, which um, are K through five. Are are the are the elementaries, and instead, because of the numbers of these campuses, they hire second and third art teachers. Yeah. Instead of instead of introducing a new a new co cur or a new elective, um, we used to teach. I was told by a couple of our teachers. I was told that there used to be elementary school theater in Northside, maybe like ten years ago on a couple of campuses and then it was phased out for some reason. I don't know why. I don't mm. know why. Yeah. Some, and, and then when I, when we talk about this with some of the teachers, they, they'd make this symbol as about money, right. you know? And I'm like, what? again, you don't need a lot of money to do elementary theater.
0: Yeah.
1: It's called creative dramatics. You make a cardboard hat and you give them, what, what, why? That doesn't, this doesn't have to cost a lot of money.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the advocacy side of things of, of educating educators and educating administrators to,
1: yeah. to what yeah. we do, you know. But I'm um, again, I'm not really allowed to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Well, we won't. Know? Not yet. <laughs> okay. I'm not
1: allowed, you know, it's something that's on my mind and there's a lot of people that I can talk about it with that i have talked about yeah. it with yeah but not in any like official, official sense yeah, so, yeah, yeah yeah no yeah. it's fine so
0: right. all right so you you said a few things that i took some notes on i, I okay. gotta these are quick ones that i'm going to cross off the list at first it sounded like you said prison studio not prism so I just had to clarify Prism. that. Prism. Yeah, I want to make sure that people listening aren't confused.
1: Prism, right. P-R-I-S-M.
0: <laughs> I think prison studio does sound more fun. That <laughs> um, does sound more fun. Yeah. True. Uh, yeah. I, 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 too, am a, a member of the Flatfoot Society, so I just wanted to let mm-hmm. you know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Which <clears throat> which I would love to make excuses as to why I don't run more, because I do love running. I'm one of the few people that like actually enjoy running. Yeah. But one of the reasons that I don't do it as much as I should is because of my flat, my pancakes that hit the ground. Right. Uh, oh, my God. <clears throat> finding shoes, it's just yeah. impossible. Um, right. Uh, and then, hold on, I had one more thing, and then I, we can get into more serious to- topics. Oh, the F-bomb okay. thing. Uh, yeah. So when I when I left Dulles uh, in Fort Bend, I left for a few reasons that I've made public and some that I haven't. But one of the reasons uh was i i just didn't get along with the the that first year principal i had gotten along with previous principals at Dulles okay. so much and i i adored them and in hindsight i really it was kind of an immature decision cuz i i do love that school yeah but uh she was not long for Dulles's world she's she's now she actually I moved to Tomball, Texas, and you know who moved up here at the same time? That principal. But anyway, oh uh, so, whatever, whatever. But uh, whatever. but uh, so anyway, the 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 principal that took over, Corey Stewart. Like I adore this man. I absolutely just I think he hung the moon. He's a he's a Marine and all that. You know, just a yeah. just a wonderful guy. Really, really loved him uh, or love him. He's not dead. Um, but uh, he cussed all the time. I mean, every he was Pulp Fiction walking (laughs) walking through the halls like Samuel
1: L. Jackson yeah Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean it was a hundred percent that and his take on it was I'm not cussing at you I'm just it's just conversational and so anyway I just wanted to bring that up because he would always say don't let it don't ever let a kid cuss at you I that's where I draw the line but (laughs) but just to like say it and it drops out of your mouth you know it's it's like spit uh anyway I just thought I'd reaffirm that right. maybe it's okay that's funny. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay so let's start with elementary school because I too yeah. went to an open concept school and uh, I've got one daughter that is almost done with elementary she's entering okay. fifth grade and okay. one that's entering kindergarten um, and uh, they their schools you know I, I've never really thought about because i haven't the last time i was in an elementary school before i had a daughter old enough to go was when i was in elementary school so right. you know yeah. i never yeah. i walked into her school and it's it's exactly right everything's closed off there, yeah. there are walls now what and this has nothing to do with your job or anything but i'm just kind of curious about your opinion as to why maybe th- those were eliminated the the open concept school cuz I don't I don't see a yeah, good reason I a history, but you yes. do. Okay, good.
1: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think during this time in the mid to in the mid-80s, mid early mid, maybe from 80, well, 80 cuz well, even when I was in kindergarten, I think 78 through 10, there's a decade there, right? When open concept was kind of the thing. Yeah. And it was one of those educational concepts, you know, those those teaching pedagogies it's on the pendulum, right? Things come and go in our in our career. Things that are trendy. Things are like, oh yeah, this is going to be the best thing, right? Things come and go, and then it comes back just with a different name, you know. But um, I think the reason why that kind of went out was because of the uh, the realization and the the knowledge that was coming um, coming down with these kids who became diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, right? Because yeah. I've got friends of mine who are my age, who to this day, you know, um, as an adult, they're well aware. Maybe they still self-medicate. I don't know. Maybe they still, still self-manage with ADHD yeah. or ADD, right? Um, and the open concept was health. Yeah. Absolutely. Hell on these kids so i think with the realization of oh my gosh we have this huge now knowledge of these kids with certain learning disabilities um and the open concept is just making it that much more difficult you know um and so I, that's what that's my opinion of why i think that the open concept kind of went out right. was because of what it was doing and how it was deterring the learning the learning of these kids who, you know, are now just starting, like, you know, I mean, did you, I I didn't know anybody when I was in elementary and middle school, if they were diagnosed at that point with ADHD or ADD and having to take medications like Vyvanse or, you know, whatever it is that they take for these, for these, for these disabilities to help them function in the, in the educational environment. Right. So that's, that's one, one reason why I sense. think that, yeah. you know, why that the op- whole open concept idea just kind of went, kind of went out was yeah. because no, we're making it really, we're making things even yeah. more challenging for these kids who have trouble concentrating in a normal classroom setting. right Now we're like opening up and they can hear everything. And there's just so many distractions, you know. So yeah, that's just my, that's, that's my, that's my two cents.
0: I'll accept that as an answer. Um, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Cause even my mom taught, she taught sixth grade math for 21 years and yeah. uh, was always on a team that, uh, but it was, it was really weird how they had it set up. It was Holub Middle School in a and she was on a team that the the, the team never really saw each other. So the team was yeah. an English teacher, a math teacher, you know, but yeah. she taught in a math, like open concept math area. Wow. And, and so she could look across, you know, the, the room and she would see the other teacher looking back at her, yeah. you know, because they're facing their, you know, whatever. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> here's a funny story. <laughs> and I just talking about open concept when I was in sixth grade, which was still open concept, yeah. right? Um, at short, you know that those times when when did Dare start about drugs? Uh, Dare. When I, did that I start? was too
0: high to pay attention. I don't know. i, uh, I <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Not oh, uh, <laughs> kidding. Uh, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. So I was in sixth grade. This would have been in nineteen. It, Nan- it was Nancy Reagan.
0: Was it Nancy Reagan that did that? It have been. Yeah. It okay. Anyway, it could've
1: could've been. this going. was a 82 school year. Because 1980, 81, I was in fifth grade, and then 81, 82, I was in sixth. So we was, had a cop. I, we had my, a cop.
0: I was born in 82. Anyway, oh, continue. Shut
1: up, <laughs> shut up. Sorry.
0: It's not anyway. a video podcast, doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't
1: Thank God, right? Thank God. No. Um. We had a cop come to our class, come to A class, but the entire sixth grade was like on the floor, right? And the cop was like sitting on a stool, and he had a... um. Oh god, it wasn't a PowerPoint because those didn't exist. The overhead projector, like yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, with the plastic sheets, yeah. those right on those the marker,
0: yeah, sheets. with the yeah. right, yeah,
1: exactly. The, the uh, wet erase marker, yeah. And And um, he he was talking about drugs, and he brought um, like a hemp rope because he wanted all of us to know what pot smelled like.
0: Well, he don't tell me he lit the rope.
1: <laughs> he lit the rope. <laughs> And awesome. he walked around and let us all get a wow. good whiff of this hemp rope, so he would know, so we would know what pot smelled like. Yeah. So if we smelled that smell, we could go tell mom, dad, I smelled this, but I think it's pot. And you can imagine, because remember, open concept. Now, like the fifth grade, which is right there, it's yeah. the smell travels, so everyone is now thinking that the sixth grade class is getting high because wow. of this cop who's walking around with a hemp rope lit on fire but that's anyway great. What,
0: that's very confusing for like rural people that have skunks you know uh yes. yeah anyway yeah. yeah 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 well if you don't know then don't worry about it but uh <laughs> so uh that i had another funny question uh that right. i that i put in here did you ever okay. practice your autograph as sarah armstrong what did you like because you said you fell in love with like What's his oh, name? Rick, no. Ricky Armstrong, whatever.
1: No, or, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, <laughs> I just always
0: remember, like girls with the gel pins and stuff like that would sit yeah. there. They, whoever they had a crush on, they'd write their name plus the person's <laughs> last name.
1: No, the only the first time that I did that was with the boyfriend that I had in musical theater at Prism Studios. Okay. Not this Prism, was my. He yeah. was my first kind of official. Even though we never even held hands, right. I never even. I did have one kiss with him. His name was Chris Roberts,
0: mm.
1: and he um, is—he's gay now. Yeah. Um, but he no—he that they, they, he was my first kiss. But okay. I do remember practicing Sarah Roberts.
0: Yeah,
1: because okay. I was in you know See? ninth grade. I was in ninth grade with the first boyfriend. Yeah. But anyway. Well,
0: yeah. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> the okay. So uh, all, oh, can you still tap? Can you still tap dance?
1: Oh hell yeah!
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean have you ever you know now that you're kind of in an administrative role you know we always like I know again speaking of Fort Bend my superintendent Charles Dupree would always want to be involved in performances to just show not to necessarily show off his skills although there's a part of me that thinks he does want to do that uh and I could I could tell him that (laughs) um but uh he he would perform for the district just to just to kind of say hey I'm I'm one of you, you know, I'm going to ask you guys to help me, but I'm going to do it with you, that kind of thing. But could you see yourself like getting up there in front of your North side staff, faculty and staff and doing something? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it would be fun. Um, I did a, um, um, well, we would have little faculty, faculty things happening. um, When I was teaching middle school at Indian Springs and I would, you know, I would never do it like on stage. Sometimes I would do some fun things in class, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then, um, but yeah, it, it, but I can, I could see myself doing yeah. that. I remember in, in uh, middle school, they did a faculty student basketball game <laughs> and I'm not a basketball player. Yeah. Um, the only, ath- I mean, I'm, I'm a cyclist. That's what I do now is I right. cycle. But uh, I have a road bike. But they would—they would always want me to play with a faculty student who was a fundraiser basketball game um, because they all knew at this point the the years that I you know was at at Indian Springs that I knew I didn't know anything about basketball.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't know any of the rules, and I would make that a bit right, yeah. and it became kind of a bit. It would be the comedy, right? Think of like a, you know, I don't have the skills of like the Harlem Globetrotters, but sometimes I would do things that I knew were probably wrong on purpose yeah. just for the laugh, yeah. just for the entertainment value. Like I still to this day, I don't know what, um what it, when you dribble or your are off, no offsides <laughs> is football, right?
0: Well, or soccer, but yeah, or hockey. Right. But anyway, but what is
1: the, what is, what is the thing in basketball when you run with the ball?
0: Oh, uh, when you travel
1: travel yeah. see yeah okay yeah. thank you so i i would try to travel on purpose right. just to kind of <laughs> for the entertainment value because everybody knew that i couldn't play everybody knew that i was didn't know what i was doing but they were like oh yeah let's come see miss shockler that was my name at the time yeah. but um let's come see her screw up because it's funny yeah. you know when it would become a bit but uh but occasionally i would i would tap dance for my students yeah that
0: i and like I, it's go ahead. fun yeah, no, that's fine. I, I was going to say I literally have the complete opposite uh, experience because I can't tap dance and I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't want to fool anybody and say that I can play basketball but I definitely, I, I can, sounds like I can play better than you but uh, right. just, no, I'm just we making assumptions but usually I'm a huge, Dumb and Dumber is like my favorite here like I mean like like I can you know I've got Dumb and Dumber figures wow and stuff. Anyway, that's fun so in Dumb and Dumber there's a big tap or I say big tap number, but there's a tap joking tap dance thing that I always do yeah. that's what I do and it somebody says, can you dance? I just pull that up <laughs> uh so i I've, I've got two more questions for you and then I'm gonna get you out of here Okay. because you're a okay. huge huge deal uh so you mentioned i know, <laughs> you mentioned that you you know your former students and stuff that you kind of kept in touch yeah. with them via facebook what yeah. was facebook for you similar to um uh, a lot of people, I guess in this, in our generation, I'll, I'll sandwich myself in with you because where you lost touch with a whole lot of people and then Facebook yeah. came along and you, mm-hmm. it almost became a game of who can yeah. I find, uh, right. was, was that yeah. kind of Facebook for you a little bit,
1: a little bit, a little bit. I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't join Facebook. A lot of people were part of it before, before I sort of, um, my brother, I have an older brother. He's 2 years older than me and he is very anti social media. Yeah. He's very he doesn't like it. He's like, "Why are you putting your life on public display?" <laughs> yeah. Right? And um and I I have <clears throat> unfriended some people because it was just like it was a platform for them to brag on their kids and yeah. to brag on, "Oh, here's how great my life is," right? Um, and they were just obnoxious about it. Yeah. Um, and that's just not what I wanted it to be. I was using it to connect with former students, to connect with family members who live on other sides of the country or, you know, and different who I wouldn't normally get to have any really any connection with. Right. Um, but, uh, but I didn't join until 2009 and um, um, and still my brother's, you know, very much against it. I'm not allowed to like, tag him yeah. or, you know, things like that. And I get it. I respect it. I understand it, you know, but, um, but, um, as an administrator, um, it's a way to, you know, to get the word out about things that we're doing as a district, you know, and, and it's just kind of a, and I, and I'm not one of those over posters with yeah. social media. Yeah. Um, if something important happens, I don't post things to have people feel sorry for me. Yeah or to create like a big pity party. I hate that too. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, post all the time about things that I've, I my latest post was about when I, um, and I got some good, good traffic for it. And it, it just kind of made people smile, I think. And maybe like, Oh, that's cute. That's funny. You yeah. know? And so I was, just, you know, but I'm not, but you know, I, I agree with you that, um, Facebook was away from me and that's how I've connected with students that I had 30 years ago right. who are now your age yep. you know and it's been and it's been it's been a lot of fun
0: still really young those students um so then <laughs> yeah fi- final question and maybe <laughs> okay. this this might be the heaviest hitting question uh, usually I okay. try to put these towards the beginning but uh okay. so you you made your transition during maybe one of the most difficult educational times, like this pandemic, and yeah. and and you know yeah. you uh, you already got very honest, and I appreciate that very very much uh, about the the transition from your hometown to kind of a yeah. foreign land for you in a yeah. way. Um, <clears throat> do you think that any of that would have been easier for you if we weren't in the middle of this kind of questionable time in our in our world with the pandemic and do you do you also have maybe some i I, the word advice is always used a little too much in my opinion but i'm going to use it anyway but is, is do you have something you can throw out there to because the world of education right now is is uh at the forefront kind of almost in shambles with people, how they, how they feel. And, you know, even my personally, my wife left education after almost 15 years and that kind of thing. And, uh, she's not an anomaly. It's very common. Do you have anything that you can like kind of offer up on a silver platter to say, Hey, we're all (laughs) high school musical. We're all in this together. And, uh, some of that kind of stuff.
1: Right. Let, let me let, let me go back to your first the first part of yeah. your question first about um, the pandemic coming out of a pandemic have any um, effect on me taking this job? I would say no. I think that this is something that was um, hopefully that I was looking for regardless of the pandemic. Um, did it help? I, I don't know. I mean, my the person who left this job. Um, he left for you know other opportunities. I, I think that David Manny leaving this position had nothing to do or very little to do with with, with the pandemic. I know it made his job challenging. Possibly, um, maybe there were some expectations placed on, on him that that were that were challenging, and, and he had an opportunity with his partner for a for a career change. So he did it, and it was the right time for him. And I've had multiple conversations with him. Um, since having this job, he's a lovely, lovely an amazing person and still very loved in this district. Um, even after leaving, they still just uh, they respect and admire him. So I had some hard shoes to fill. I had some hard shoes to fill, but I knew that it was a matter of just it was had I had to be patient on finding the job that was that was meant for me to take in the as an administrator um, seven years of patience, I think. And I saw this opportunity and I just was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. You know? Um, and I've just, the, 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 theater community here in the school district has, they're very supportive of me and they're, uh, they're very patient as I'm learning, um, not only about this district, but learning how to become an administrator. Um, and now to the second part, of your question, which is about what advice do I have for T I've, I've done a lot of interviewing. Um, I've interviewed a lot of teachers. Um, and this is what I will tell them is to know that you're not alone. I think that would be, and to remember that, that you are not alone. Um, I have interviewed teachers who the year of 2021 was their first year of teaching, (laughs) right? And you talk about at the beginning of the pandemic, this was their first year of teaching, um, and, um, just to re- and rely on your, your, the, your campus leadership, rely on your mentors, rely on the people who you have leaned on in the past. They're still there. They're still there. People who you can talk to and pick up the phone or zoom, like we are now just for the support. Um, and those, um, those we call—I guess it's the term—that's the buzzword—is SEL, social and emotional learning, um, or SOS, social and not. In, there's no ESES, social and emotional support, right? Um, for people who who you ha- who you would go to for emotional support before the pandemic, reach out to them now. Um, but I know they're they're just yeah. I think that would be just my advice: is you are loved and you're not alone. Yeah in this crazy world of education. Um, but if opportunities, um, if opportunities arise that spark your interest or are going to, where you're going to find, um, comfort and you're going to find, um, additional support again, go, go follow your gut. Yeah. But on the way down, check in with your heart. My new wisdom.